stream to all of you at drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Today on drboystv.com, we're going to talk about Russell Simmons and this uh, interesting lawsuit that Russell has filed uh, against his ex-wife, Kimora Lee Simmons, and some other parties. Uh, and it has to do with what Russell claims is an $800 million theft. So this nearly billion-dollar alleged financial crime piqued my interest because uh, it relates to money. Uh, it also relates to money and relationships. And as you guys know, I wrote a book called Financial Lovemaking years ago. You can find it on Amazon or at drboysbooks.com. And I've always been intrigued with how money and love kind of link together. So I'm going to break this down for you. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me. Uh, do a quick audio check. Give me a quick yes in the chat if you can hear me. And also, I want you to buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. So good to see everybody. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Shout out the name of your city. Let me know what city you're from. Um, I see uh, David Fan, Fan Fan. I see you in there. Kelly X, how much? so how much does he have left? I don't know. That's a good question, Kelly. Uh, Killer Psy, how you doing? Hear you loud and clear. Good to see you. Terrence Reed, Robert Harris, Orlando Smith. Johnny Johnson, David Fan. Oh, I just said David Fan Fan. Terry Cobb uh, out of Atlanta. Uh, he Terry's always in here. Lisa Love from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I, I hope y'all are done with all that construction in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, in case you haven't been to Pittsburgh, y'all, they have the messiest freaking highways I've ever seen. I get my GPS literally become schizophrenic when I get to Pittsburgh, but I love the city and I love the people there. So shout out to everybody in Pittsburgh. Also shout out to everybody in Houston. Houston is the home of Robin Simmons, uh, who is a uh, well-respected member of, uh, of a Delta Sigma Theta uh, sorority, and she was uh, murdered by her husband, unfortunately. And uh, and I'm a little bit angry about it, to be honest with you. I put uh, information about Robin's situation on my Instagram, Dr. Boy's Finance. You should go take a look. Everybody, please go take a look. And basically, Robin was stabbed by her husband a hundred times, uh, stabbed in the face 60 times in front of her daughter, in front of their eight-year-old daughter. Uh, she claimed that the uh, she and, and here's the thing that bothered me. This is the part where um, I would love to see somebody like a Ben Crump or whoever get involved is that uh, while this was all happening, the police were right in the backyard. Uh, the From what I understand, from what the media is reporting, the police were right there in the backyard and they could not breach because they did not have enough officers working that day or something crazy like that. And But she called 911 and they won't release the 911 tapes. Uh, I would like for them to release those tapes so people can hear it, so the public can hear her screaming on the phone that my husband's coming through the house with a knife trying to kill me and my daughter. And uh, now this black woman's dead and I believe it could have been prevented. So if you want to know what's got me going this week, uh, that's it. Uh, I'm very upset about it. And, uh, and and Robin is a member of the B1 community, by the way. She spoke at our All Black National Convention in 2019 when we were in Houston. So um, so just so you know, 
Uh, part of me is on the warpath in that regard because I, we can't be having our black women out here. I mean, if y'all going to get mad about George Floyd, y'all could get 10 times mad about a mother who didn't do nothing to nobody. Seriously, George Floyd, uh, you know, he was a he was a, a, a conflicted guy. Right. You know, George Floyd had his issues. Robin didn't handle issues. Robin was just a good Delta, a good mom, a good human being. She was B1. Uh, I think the whole B1 community should rally in her support. And so that's what we're doing. That's what's going on. So you're going to hear more about that. So please look up Robin Simpson in Houston. And if you live in Houston and you're an activist in Houston or you have any connection to activists in Houston, it's time for us to get locked and loaded and go deal with them police. All right. So anyway, guys, that's my that's my quick little note for today. Do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. I'm going to talk about an interesting situation with uh, another person that I happen to know named Russell Simmons. Uh, I haven't talked to Russell in a few years, but we've worked together very closely on an incarceration campaign years ago. And I saw that Russell has this lawsuit. So there's this lawsuit um, that is uh, uh, very interesting. Let me just say it's very interesting. It's a suit involving him and his wife, his ex-wife, Kimora Lee Simmons. Uh, he's suing Kimora allegedly for uh, over $800 million that he claims that she stole. Now, $800 million is a lot of money. Now, I'm going to read some details for you that I that I just sort of picked up. Uh, basically, she sued, he sued uh, Kimora and her husband, Tim Leisner, alleging they stole stocks from, from an energy drink company called Celsius to pay for Leisner's legal and bail fees. Uh, this was related to a 2018 money laundering case where Leisner, a former Goldman Sachs investment banker, pleaded guilty to criminal conspiracy to commit money laundering and agreed to forfeit nearly $44 million to avoid jail time. Russell claimed that they engaged in, quote unquote, blatant fraud to achieve their goal and sought punitive damages in the return of the nearly four million shares they allegedly stole, along with any legal fees associated with the lawsuit. Kamora Lee Simmons claims. Uh, she's she's arguing against these fraud claims. Her legal team stated that Russell's allegations are baseless and that she was authorized to use the shares. They described Russell's behavior as aggressive and a distortion of facts, emphasizing the emotional and mental anguish he caused. Kimora's lawyers also mentioned that the shares are being held temporarily by the government as collateral for her husband's bond and will be returned. Now, um, so so here here's one thing that I here's here's where. I'm, um, I, I, I was, I wanted to talk about this today. Uh, first off, uh, in case you don't know, I wrote a book years ago called financial lovemaking. Uh, it, the book is, uh, if you go to drboysbooks.com, you can get a copy and it relates to the link between money and love. And as you guys know, my wife is a therapist, uh, who gives therapy to individuals, couples and families. And so, uh, on issues of money and relationships, we talk about this a lot. Also in our black financial therapy department in the black business school, uh, we've, we've discussed extensively how, uh, how blending money in family or money in relationships, how they sort of uh, pick at each other. And if you're not careful, it can lead to just this, a lot of chaos in a lot of your families. A lot of divorces happen over money. A lot of family fighting happens over money. A lot of family members can't work together because of money. And it just kind of, or there's a lot of financial, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, what, what word am I looking for? Betrayal uh, that might occur. Like you loan money to a relative, they don't pay you back. So these topics are always interesting to me. So Russell seems to feel betrayed. He he started this business with uh, Kimora uh, under this you know umbrella of love, and they said we love each other. Let's make money together. Uh, Celsius was founded in about 2005. It became a very successful venture. And what I find is that when you start businesses with people that you love, give me a guess if you've ever started a business. Give me a guess if you plan to. Give me a yes in the chat. If you have somebody that you know, a friend or a family member that you're thinking about going into business with, give me a yes if you are in this category. All the business owners in here, all the future business owners, uh, say yes in the chat. Let's just put it into the universe.
universe because that's what you I, I want to go out. I want to see, see you go out here and get this money. Well, one of the things that is interesting that I've seen is that when there is no money to be split, everybody's very generous. Everything's OK. Everything's, you know, hunky dory. But then when you start making money, you get a new set of problems and a new set of problems might involve things like greed or uh, people making side deals or whatever. You know, uh, it, I, I've seen this happen, for example, with musical groups where the group gets together and it's just three, four friends trying to make it big. And they're all they got each other's back, you know, no matter what. And then the group gets big and then suddenly people start getting in your ear and saying, well, you know, if it wasn't for you, this group wouldn't be where it is, or you should go over here and go solo, or this person ain't doing their job. They don't deserve none of the money, right? And next thing you know, the group breaks up uh, because everybody's kind of got their own separate agenda because now there's a big pie to split, right? Let me know if you understand what I'm saying. Like now that there's money involved, all the conversations change, all the energy changes. Uh, I've seen people go from very humble to very arrogant, just like that, because they got a couple fans, got a couple dollars, and it's just it's 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 the craziest thing in the world to watch. Literally a transformation in a human being's behavior. And then when you throw in something like divorce, where suddenly uh, you've got you know you, you're no longer the the love of their life, they have another person they love, and that other person is stepping in saying, okay, well I have my say because and you and you know the and the first person is like, well wait, who the hell are you? Why are you even here? Like you don't you don't have any say in this family, right? But they kind of do because they're that's the new husband, that's the new wife. And then it just gets kind of crazy, right? And a lot of you deal with this maybe if you've ever dealt with a situation where you were dealing with a baby's mama or a baby daddy situation. And this is why I argue that you have to be really thoughtful about how you build your families. Um, I think it requires intelligence, foresight, discipline, and training. Uh, in fact, I believe that anybody who wants to have a healthy family should probably get their therapy, clean up your shit before, uh, before you build a family so your kids aren't born in the middle of shit. Like I see this all the time. I see it, you know, my, our daughters have friends and their, their parents are, are going at it and having issues and stuff. And my heart goes out to all of them. It really does. Uh, and I have nothing negative to say about any of them, but I, it makes me feel very sad for the kids because it's hard enough to be a teenager with or a 12 year old without seeing your parent, your mother and your father fighting every morning on your way to school. I mean, that's just that's devastating. Right. So I would encourage anybody who loves their kids and loves their family and cares about peace and and understands that peace leads to prosperity, that chaos builds nothing uh, to just understand that uh, that it's important that you gain the uh, wisdom and maturity to understand that you have to be able to submit to something bigger than yourself. Everybody in a relationship has to submit to the relationship, whether you're talking about a, a, a husband, wife, or a family scenario, a business, a basketball team, whatever, any type, anything you do as a group, even if it's you, even if you gang affiliate, even if you're a crip, you got to submit to the crips more than you submit to yourself. You can't be a selfish crip. You can't be a selfish soldier. You can't be a selfish uh, player for the Dallas Cowboys. You have to be submitted to the team. And that's hard for people to do, right? That's hard for people to do. So, so what I see here is that Russell and Kamora were an amazing team. Uh, I really believe that. Uh, I never met Kimura. I, I talked to Russell quite often when we worked together on the incarceration campaign back in 2013. I'm going to say this, you know, and it, you, you can take it for what it's worth. I was really impressed out of all the celebrities I've met through the years. I'm not kidding. And I've sat next to a few. Russell was the most impressive human being that I worked with. 
You know, uh, I, again, I don't know nothing about, you know, I know that people want to people conflate things with allegations about stuff that allegedly happened sexually 30 years ago or his daughters, I think, were mad at him and they were on social media kind of talking bad about their father that that which could, I by the way, be a case of parental alienation that happens all the time. Uh, let me know if you've ever seen this. There, there are children out here who've been turned against their uh, their non-custodial parent because they got their mama right in their ear talking about how he broke my heart and he's a terrible person and blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm not trying to say it doesn't happen. I'm just trying to say that I don't believe children need to know a whole lot about your adult relationship. I just don't think it's appropriate. The 13-year-old daughter should not be able to tell you about all of daddy's dirt and or the 13-year-old son should not know that that daddy broke mama's heart and, and dumped him for the secretary. I don't believe children need to know these things. That That's just, but then again, maybe I'm old-fashioned in that way, but I think you should not pollute your child's brain with your relationship problems you know the fact that you chose to be with a bad woman or you chose to be with a bad man no you don't you ever say you know sit your son down and be like well let me tell you son your mama's a hoe no you don't you don't do that <laughs> you 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 pick that woman so stop that so anyway um so with with russell uh i i i will say that um that that this case is interesting to me also because I want you to pay attention to the contrast in the response. Uh, if you look up in mainstream media, if you look up the name Russell Simmons, you'll see nothing about this lawsuit that he's filed against his wife. You'll see nothing about the fact that she allegedly stole, according to Russell, $800 million from him. You will see nothing about that in any of the magazines. I did a search. In fact, I'd like to show you guys the screenshot. When I searched for under news, um, and I looked up the name Russell Simmons and I said, I wonder if any white stream media is covering any of this case. And if they're talking about Russell, what are they talking about? Uh, so 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 let, I'm, I'm going to pull this up on the screen in a minute so you guys can see it. But let me just tell you, I'm going to give you a, a precursor of what I saw. Basically. Uh -oh. Sorry, I have to remove myself from the, the thing. Sorry. Um Basically, are, are y'all hearing the echo? I, I there's, there's gonna be an echo for like half a second. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna be real ghetto real quick because I really want to show y'all this screenshot. So forgive the echo. Um, it'll go away in a second, I promise you. All right. Okay, okay. I think I think I got the echoes gone. Sorry, sorry about that, everybody. My apologies. Oh, there is no echo. Okay, thank you, Feet Funkerson. I appreciate y'all being patient with me. So uh I hope it's worthwhile. So let me show you. I did a, a Google search of everything I could find on Russell Simmons right now. And let me show you what I saw. Look at these head. These are all the headlines on Russell Simmons right now. Even with the fact that his wife allegedly stole almost a billion dollars from him, according to Russell. Uh, let's see. Russell Simmons speaks out on sexual assault allegations, claims he's, he's taken nine lie detector tests. Russell Simmons speaks out on 2017 rape assault allegations. The climate was different. Russell Simmons talks about sexual assault claims, says he's taken nine lie detector tests. Russell Simmons says he took nine lie detector tests amid sexual assault allegations. Russell Simmons says Oprah's withdrawal from 2020 doc vindicates him. So so here's what I want to point out here. I want you to notice how differently the world reacts when a black man is accused of a crime versus when the black man is the accuser. See, do you understand? I want you to notice the difference between, you know, how the world reacted when somebody, you know, made a made a claim against Russell. And, I, and I'm not here to uh, say that he's innocent. I don't know. I've, I've never been around when the man was sleeping with anybody. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's very fascinating to me 
that when someone makes a claim, even if the plank, the claim is completely unproven, no facts, no evidence, no nothing, no police reports, no nothing, uh, that that the media will immediately run with that. But when he steps out and says, well, this also happened to me, I was a victim here, too. I didn't get assaulted. I, nobody nobody sexually assaulted me, but someone uh, financially assaulted me, somebody emotionally assaulted me, somebody harmed and abused me. And, and there's no no coverage, no, no concern at all. I, does anybody have an issue with that or does everybody just think that it's no big deal? That, that, because, because I want you to just really understand how biased the playing field gets. There's really nothing I could accuse a woman of that would get, um, you know, especially with no proof that happened 20, 30 years ago, that would get me a $10 million payday in the courtroom. There, there is none. There's nothing I could say that a woman did to me and then have no evidence. Like if I say, well, you know, 30 years ago, she raped me. If I if I wanted to say that, or she forced me to have sex with her, um, somebody would probably force me to prove that. They would say, well, you can't just go ruin Oprah's reputation by saying Oprah did this to you. You have to prove things. And I can say, let's say I can prove that we were dating. Like 30 years ago, we were we were a, a, you know, a hot commodity and, and I stayed with her for five years. And I only stayed with her because you know, because she had money and I was scared that if I left the relationship that she was going to stop paying my rent. So I stayed with her against my will. And I was a drug addict at the time. But it's only because Oprah made me use drugs. T tell me, does that sound ridiculous? Would that sound crazy for me to say that as a man? How crazy does that sound for me to say that? But the interesting thing about that is that there are there are women who are saying things like this. Right. And uh, and so so I'm not sitting here trying to say that Russell Simmons has never harmed anyone. I'm simply saying that uh, the question, the fundamental question to be asked is, what does a black man have to do to prove that he didn't actually do it? Or, or do is there nothing he can do to prove he didn't do it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, how do you prove? Like, if I go, if I say, you know, uh, Lisa Love, I see you in the chat. Uh, Lisa Love stole all my money last year. Lisa Love, um, she stole my money and she pinched my booty and, and I'm traumatized. And so I want to go to sue Lisa for $85 million because my pain and suffering is worth so much money. Um, how does Lisa prove? Let's say everyone just believes me because I'm Dr. Boyce and Dr. Boyce can't, he can't make up a story. Right. And, 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 and Lisa's like, but I never did this. Like I, there's no evidence. And people are like, no, no, no. But Dr. Boyce said you did it. You need to take accountability. And Lisa's like, but I did take accountability. I'm telling you, it didn't happen. No, 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 no. You, you need to prove it. Okay. So let's say Lisa's like, okay, I took a lot of to detect your tests. I took eight of them. And, and and they said I didn't do it. No, no, but Dr. Boy said you you the Dr. Boy said you pinched his booty and, and took $10 million from him or whatever it was. Uh so it must be true. Do you understand? Y'all, I mean, I, I just want you to really switch around the gender and just really understand the bias of how these accusations are kind of occurring and, and the unfairness of it all. So so I'm gonna say this. I think that Russell has an interesting point. Um, you know, I, I think that the um that that his lawsuit is something you know that obviously is going to get resolved in court and things like that i'm also going to say this again when i tell you that i was super impressed like when, when they described let me explain let me just give a i'm gonna give a quick breakdown of what happened here in terms of how this company got built and at least what what's sort of been said about the development of this company but before i do that could you please hit the thumbs up button thumbs up share subscribe uh, you're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, also, uh, the, the Black Wealth calendar for 2024 is out.
If you'd like to get a Black Wealth calendar in time for Christmas, just go to drboycebooks.com, search for the word calendar. And if you use the code word book club, you can actually get 30% off. So it, it, they make great gifts. So, uh, you know, and, they, and, the, and the, it's not just a calendar. It's a financial literacy training that you can put on the refrigerator every morning. So the kids are getting financial information early. It'll make a difference for their life. It doesn't cost much, but it makes a massive difference in their future. So uh, as a college professor who taught finance, I'm always looking for little simple things we can do that's going to really increase our economic situation. And so this is one of those little things, just kind of drip that little, those little thoughts, those little concepts in front of the kids, in front of the grandkids, and it's going to make a massive difference. So uh, feel free to go to drboycebooks.com. You can get that, uh, the, the calendar. Also that book for my class that starts January 1st, the financial consciousness class. I'm going to do 30 straight days, 10 a.m., seven days a week uh, to form so we can form new habits. It takes 30 days to form new habits. Every day we're going to go through my book, 30 Days to Wealth and Power. It's a it's an economic uh, empowerment journal where you're going to journal your thoughts and, and focus and vision, your financial vision, so we can get you where you want to be economically. Uh, and so the class is $2.99, but it's free if you buy a copy of the book. Right now, the book, the, the class is sold out, but we do have e-copies of the book. So if you go to drboycebooks.com, look, look up 30 days and you can download Download an e-copy and everyone who gets an e-copy will all let you into the class too. So feel free to uh, to go to drboycebooks.com. Okay, so let me read a little bit about Celsius, this company that Kimora and Russell started together. So here's a little bit of history. Uh, it was founded about 2004, 2005 uh, by Greg Horn, the former CEO of GNC. The company was initially named Elite FX, focusing on the development and marketing of a new energy drink. The Celsius energy drink was officially launched in 2005. It was marketed as a negative calorie drink because of its thermogenic properties. Uh, it, it was rebranded in 2007. Uh, they changed their name to Celsius Holdings Incorporated to align more closely with this flagship product. This period also marked the beginning of significant expansion with the product being distributed in various retail outlets. Uh, in 2007 and 2012, Celsius funded several clinical studies to validate its health claims. These studies conducted between 2007 and 2012 suggested that drinking Celsius could reduce fat, body fat, increase endurance, and provide other health benefits, which became a unique selling point. Uh, in, uh, let's see, then after that, in the 2010s, you had a lot of international growth. Uh, all around the world, uh, Celsius kind of everywhere in Europe and Asia. Uh, number, uh, let's see, uh, 2015 to 2020, they formed a lot of strategic partnerships and received endorsements from celebrities and athletes. This is one of the big things Russell referenced uh, actually in this video. I'm going to play this video for you guys of Russell describing what happened here. I forgot to share this video. So let me share this video. And Russell kind of gives you a history of the Celsius drink as well as the lawsuit and kind of what's going on here. If you could do me a favor really quick, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, don't forget this podcast is on Spotify and Apple. So you can look up my name on Spotify and Apple and also on Audible, uh, my book, Financial Lovemaking is on Audible. So here is Russell Simmons talking about the lawsuit, the drink, everything else. Here you go. What do you like as a partner in marriage? I must have been a partner of what I hear. No, I was very generous and tried to be supportive. We were together 15 years, Kimura and I. And for eight years, we were married. Another seven before that, we were back and forth. And then I was best friends with Kimura throughout the entire raising of my children. I'm the godfather to all three of her other children. I was good friends with Jimin. I was good friends with this uh, Tim Leisner. So I tried to be as flexible and as uh, accommodating and supportive. And then, you know, sometimes things don't work out. Um, you may, you've seen there's a lawsuit. 
I had no choice. I think Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Lord Buddha, anybody would have sued. What? It's a lot of money and it can help a lot of people. She gave what is now today, based on the stock, $800 million to the government illegally. And now I'm fighting to get my half of it back. And it, um, and it was in, you know, in support of Tim, who, as you know, is a convicted criminal and they stole I think it was six to eight billion dollars from the Malaysian people. Um, and his bail was my stock, which had no right to be. Kimura alleges that you didn't use any of your own money to buy the stock. You didn't use. Oh, yeah. Any not alleges. Tim paid for own, stock. Own Tim, money to Tim bought the stock. invest in her investment company. Of my company. Tim put money in my company and we bought the stock. It's obvious. The government will figure that out. It was mine. I found the company. I built the company, I reformulated the drink, I got LeBron and Colby and Kim Kardashian and Puffy and everybody promoted. It It was nothing and now it's worth $16 billion, right? And I was part of that process. In fact, it would never have existed if not for me. That's a fact. So I did the work and I owned the stock and then one day they just took it behind my back and gave it to the government as his bail. And then it was only worth 60 or $70 million. And plenty of money for me. I'm a billionaire. I live in Bali. It's cheap. I have what I have. I'm happy. The fact that it's going to ballooned up to $800 million is, is quite a... Maybe I should thank everybody if, you know, when it gets all resolved. But in the short term, there are people I can't help. There are philanthropic, social, and political concerns that I would normally help. What are the steps that have to happen? Well, I don't to, even go into legality. Yeah. Well, they're going to, the government has now moved back and said they want to negotiate. They don't want to go to trial over it because mm-hmm. they want to go to forfeiture. So they said they're going to negotiate. We hope that we can make a, a reasonable, I hate that I give them anything. I offered them 10% of my half. And then she's sitting on a bunch of it that she can't cash either. So the stock is totally at the mercy of the market, how much money it is. Mm-hmm. And it goes up sometimes what's equal to $100 million and down. They built this hotel thinking I had the stock too. So from a liquidity standpoint, it you know it really put a crunch on me. How so? No liquidity. I can't go do a lot of shit. I didn't make rapper money like Kanye West. I was a different era. But I made enough. And yes, there's a liquidity crunch. It's there. It's not, you know, I'll, I'll survive. All right. So, um, okay. So Russell... Um, let me just say this: When Russell was speaking about bringing along, you know, LeBron and all these celebrities, um, you know, I, I saw that firsthand. If you go and, and you look at the letter I wrote to President Obama in 2013, where, where I was asking him to change the incarceration policies, uh, the the letter needed more muscle than I could provide. I, I mean, I could get activists and scholars and all that, which I did. Uh, Russell brought the celebrity power, so Russell got. Um, you know, on this letter, probably I'm going to guess a hundred celebrities to sign this letter. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure when I first started working with him, I was not sure how, you know, how much integrity he had. I didn't know the man, you know? And, uh, and so I said, well, let's just see, you know, I'm very skeptical of celebrities, to be honest with you. A lot of them ain't, you know, ain't worth the way to, ain't worth 10 cents, to be honest with you. They just, you know, we just think that they're special because white people put them on TV, but this is a guy who operated with tremendous integrity in that situation. I was really impressed. Um, it's hard to impress me. Um, I got to go find the list, but I remember I looked down the list and, and these were not B listers. These were a list, you know, Will and Jada, Chris Rock, uh, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, 
uh, Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, uh, John Hamm, just all these people and, and a lot of black celebrities as well. Um, I think LL Cool J was on the list. Like, I mean, it's re- it was really like a who's who list in terms of who he got to sign this letter. And uh, and so I could see Russell doing that. I think that that's his game plan. That's his power play. Uh, because when I would talk to people in the hip hop music industry, one thing I observed was that Russell's the only person I ever saw where I never met a person in the entertainment industry who didn't like him. That that's rare. That's because remember entertainment, especially hip hop is a very toxic space. A lot of traumatized people, a lot of spoiled bastards who just, you know, do horrible things to other people. That's why, that's why hip hop's going to have a lot of lawsuits because they, they did a lot of crazy stuff in, you know, between let's say 1990 and 2020, um, you know, but Russell's the one guy who just everybody was like, oh, yeah, I like Russell. Russell, I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like him. But Russell, cool, though. Russell, cool, though. You know, it's like, oh, wow. So this guy and what it is, is that he's embraced like all these really, um, you know, very metaphysical concepts. Right? He's into Buddhism and 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 peace and harmony. And he talked about uh, he actually said he wanted to do a project where he was going to go to the kids in Chicago that were in the middle of all this violence and teach them conflict resolution. And so, um, so, and I'll say this, the, the project that we did, we got a lot of guys out of prison. We got the Obama administration to eventually fold. They put up, they tried to put pressure on Russell. They tried to run the same game. They run, they run with all the celebrities. The reason your black celebrities never really do anything for the black community. It definitely during the Obama presidency is because they all wanted to be cool with Obama. They all wanted to be seen in, in pictures and get invited to the Christmas parties. So the black community would get thrown under the bus. Russell impressed me, and I don't take I don't say this lightly. I have no incentive to say this. I do not have this man ain't giving me no money. We ain't talked for years. I'm only telling you the truth. But Russell literally was one of the few celebrities I've seen who said, No, the black community is more important than me getting invited to your you know, your stupid Christmas party. Like that, that, that I, that's, those were literally, that was literally the kind of language he used when he talked about what was really going on because they did not want to do much of anything on this, you know, idea, you know, and, and it was very surprising to me because Obama had made that promise that he was going to change the incarceration policies, him and Eric Holder. And they, but a lot of politicians just do a lot of yapping. That's why I don't have a lot of faith in politicians. I, I believe in you. I believe that we have the solutions that we need. I think that our implementation of, the, in the, of these solutions is what's going to get our community where we need to go. Um, I don't believe every black person is going to get it because too many of our people are stuck on hero worship and following along with politicians and 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 corrupt pastors and just people that because the pastors are in the pockets of the politicians, right? The pastors and the rappers are kind of have the same job. Their job is to be uh, is to be the mouthpiece for the politicians. So so long story short. I brought up this this whole situation with Russell and the lawsuit to kind of make a simple point. I want you to observe just the difference in how we behave when a black man has has an allegation versus when someone has an allegation against a black man. And nobody, uh, you know, no no one really hears us, you know. And 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 I and I have I have I have you know back and forth sometimes with guys that. You know, they, they say things about black women that are a little bit too harsh and they they approach uh, the, the, the struggles of black women with very little empathy and uh, they complain about black women all day long. And I don't think that's appropriate. I kind of say, come on, man, like you, you got to at least try to contextualize things before you can be heard. You got to make sure that you're hearing them before everyone's going to hear you. But at the same time, though, 
they have a legitimate point in the sense that nobody listens to the black man like that. Nobody listens to black men. Nobody, everybody, everybody, the whole world will hear it if somebody accuses a black man of something. But nobody hears it when a black man says, hey, I was a victim, man. This, this was wrong. This lady did me wrong. And they're like, well, did she rape you? You know, it's like, well, no, she didn't rape me because that's not hard. That's hard for her to do. But women have other ways of harming men. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. That a woman can destroy a man. Right. We've seen this. Well, and typically women don't destroy you by, you know, with, with sexual assault. <laughs> They'll get you by assaulting your character. They'll assault your bank account. They will assault your reputation. They will assault your peace of mind. They, You know, y'all women are powerful and strong. I, and, and, and I think that makes me the ultimate feminist because I'm sitting here simply telling you, yeah, women are powerful and power don't always mean you good. Power does not always mean you innocent. Power don't always mean you the victim. If how you always how you supposed to be so powerful, but yet you always the victim. That that don't sound powerful to me. That sounds like like you're disabled or something. No, I don't believe women are dis. I believe women are powerful. So I think that in in the full acknowledgement of the power of women, we must accept a basic idea. Tell me, yeah, uh, give me a guess if you can at least hear this basic idea. The basic idea is that men can hurt women, but women can hurt men. Is that is that is is that idea something that you can consider? Give me a yes. If if you can if, if that basic idea is something you can consider that that men can do bad things, women can do bad things too. What do you think? Yes or no? Is that okay to say that, or or is that politically incorrect? Or you know that that women men can lie, men can tell a lie, and women can tell a lie too. Is that is that true or is that false? Or am I just talking crazy? Am I am I a sexist right now? Like what what like what's you know? And 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 I, and I think that it's up because I, because I and it's crazy you have to say these things because I remember does anybody remember that well they had the campaign that said believe all women, and I and and that just doesn't pass the logic test to me. I'm like, I'm supposed to believe you because you got a vagina? Like, is there a truth serum inside her her vagina that makes her incapable of ever telling a lie? Is that is that what it is? Women don't lie. Wow. <laughs> that just, just that sounds crazy to me. That don't even, that's, that's so, I can't help but stop. I can't stop laughing when, when you say something like that and you're saying it with a straight face. Believe all women. No, I don't believe all women. I believe all evidence. I believe, you know, I, I give everybody a chance. I believe all facts. I believe all things that can be proven. I don't believe all women. I don't believe all men. And I think that this is, this is part of the divide in our country is that everybody's being put in these extremist camps, right? You know, either you, you hate women or you think women can never tell a lie, right? <laughs> and, and, and those extremist camps, extremists end up, to me, the extremists are the stupid people. Uh, if, if I, or if I'm going to be an extremist, I want to be an extremist when it comes to being committed to finding out the truth. That's it. I'm an extremist when it comes to finding good solutions. I'm an extremist when it comes to doing the right thing. I'm an extremist when it comes to uh, making sense. Right. So. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I would be an extremist. I'm, I'm also an extremist in that I'm not going to be an extremist. Right. I'm, I'm extremely committed to the idea that I'm not I do not want to be an extremist in issues that have a lot of nuance and delicate conversations that need to be had. And maybe there are only some people capable or intelligent enough to have those nuanced conversations. Right. Maybe that's it. Maybe you those of you that understand they hear are hearing what I'm saying. Maybe we're just different. Maybe we just. You know, we, we see things that other people don't see and you have to acknowledge that. And I encourage you to stand in that power and don't let anybody drag you into some extremism that's not based on reality, fairness or fact. Uh, so so again, I'm, just to be clear, I'm not here 
trying to explain away Russell Simmons' whole life. I don't know anything about anything that he's ever had him going on with any woman, none of that stuff. I don't know nothing about his relationship with his daughters. I'm only speaking with honesty about what I saw. I saw a guy that was super peaceful. You'd have to work real hard to pick a fight with Russell. I, I, I mean, really, he only knew me because I'd criticized him before. And I said, I've never seen a person who can talk to some to a, to a, to a critic and not take it personal. I, I was really stunned by that. I was like, wow, I feel almost embarrassed. Like, I feel bad for talking bad about the guy because I really like him. You know, and then he he followed through and he really was committed to the cause. He didn't just talk. Some of these guys just talk, you know, like like Diddy. Diddy kind of always trying to be flashy. I hate that stuff. I hate it. I like substance, you know, and Russell had substance, you know. So I, I, I think his lawsuit, um, I think that it should be hurt. I think also uh, his daughters, I, I, I couldn't help but wonder if his daughters were victims of parental alienation. Perhaps they had been pitted against their father. That happens a lot. Uh, we don't talk about that enough. Uh, also, um, I think any allegations against him on any other level should be proven. <clears throat> and the, his nine lie detector tests, if they were given by an independent authority, should be considered uh, to be just as relevant as somebody telling the story. Right. If she can be believed when she never took a lie detector test, when she had no evidence or whatever, then he should be believed when he took nine lie detector tests, you know, and and, and whatever. And, and it should be innocent until proven guilty. And somehow we forget that. I don't understand how a person with no proof who never took a lie detector test would be believed over somebody who took nine lie detector tests, I, I, especially if they were given by an independent authority. I don't see. And again, this is the, the gender bias that exists. There is a bias against the black man in general. And, uh, and I think it shows up in this particular case, but it shows up all throughout society, you know, and I don't think we hear black men enough. And let me just give you a little tip. This is uncle Boyce talking. I hope it's okay. If I share this ladies, if you ever really, if you really want a man to love and trust you, a good man, if you really hear him and listen to him and don't judge him, I think he'll be more loyal to you than if you just sound like everybody else. Uh, I, I heard a guy that said something that was really interesting. He said, one of the reasons that I can't open up to you as my woman is because if I tell you how I feel, you'll spend so much time telling me how you feel about what I feel, or you'll make it all about you to the point where I wasn't even hurt because now I've offended you by sharing my feelings with you. And I, and so I think that these are real legit skills that uh, if a woman, it, it's it's much more important than like, twerking and all this other dumb stuff that people do to try to get men's attention that'll get their attention but it's not the right kind of attention it, it, it'll get you attention but it won't get you love you know in in my in my experience i think what gets you love is that ability to trust trust if he can really trust that you are a person that really cares about him not not just loves him see loving somebody loving somebody's easy love is just sometimes love is kind of an addiction I mean, lust definitely is an addiction and love can be a little bit of an addiction i can love a car I can love my dog. I, I, you know what? I love this cup of coffee. It is so good. But if you throw this cup of coffee into the garbage, I'm not going to be sad that it's gone. I'm just going to get another cup. So I love this cup of coffee, but I don't care about it. Right. But I do love it. It's really good. I make my coffee really nice. Um, but caring about somebody means that you, uh, that you support them, even if it does not benefit you. Right. I like, like like me loving you means I might see you as a possession. I might just love being next to you. I might love what you can do for me. But if I care about you, that's hard. That's really hard. That's really rare. That requires, I think, a spiritual elevation. You know, like 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 if you care about somebody, that means 
you're willing to support them even if they're about to do something that isn't going to help you at all, that isn't in your interest. So my goal with my wife was not to love her. I Sure, I love her. It's easy for me to love. I've loved other women. My goal is to really care about her. And me caring about her means that all the things inside of me that make me selfish, I have to let some of that go in order to do what's best for her. So if, you know, so theoretically, if if I could really do what I really would like to do, it, if, if, if I knew in my heart that there was another man that was better for my wife than me, I would I would encourage I would be OK with that. I would let that happen, you know, uh, because because uh, if I really claim to care about her and her happiness and well-being, I should want what's best for her, even if it's not in my best interest. How, how often do you ever see that, though? I mean, that's not that doesn't even make sense. That's almost illogical. Right. That's almost anti self-preservation. Right? And that's what human beings are built on. Right. No, I got to do what's best for me. Like so even if even if I'm the worst man in the world for you, I need you right here because you're mine. I, you're my possession. And and I, I just that's old. That's boring to me. You know, the, the human beings are always trying to own each other. And um, and I don't I don't want to own my wife. I want my wife to be happy. So I'm going to figure out what's going to make her happy, what she wants and who she's trying to be. And I'm going to support that. That's what I do with the kids, too. I, it's like I'm not here to tell you to be like me or to do what I tell you to do or do what I want you to do. I want to find out who you are, what's going to fulfill, what's going to fill your soul. And if I really care about you, I'm going to support you in that quest to fill your soul. I will never stand against anything that you're doing as long as it's healthy, of course. I will never stand against anything that you love. Whatever you love is what I love. As long as it's not harmful. It's like, you know, if you're a serial killer or something like that, then we'd have to have another conversation. But if you love, like my daughter, my youngest, she loves dance. Well, you know what? When we talk about dance, I love dance too. The oldest, he loved video games. I got into video games because I wanted to connect to him. Do you understand? So I would encourage those of you who are listening, those who give a damn what I say, and, I, and you ain't got to because I know sometimes I probably sound crazy. Um, learn how to care about somebody, not just love them. I think if you care about people, I think you're going to get a lot further. And then and then good people will have loyalty in return. That's what I have found. So anyway, I'm out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. This podcast is on Spotify, so you can go to Spotify or Apple. Just look up my name and find it there. Uh, also, the Black Wealth calendars are available. If you go to drboycebooks.com, look up the word calendar. There's a search box at the top, and you can get the calendars. They'll make great Christmas gifts. Uh, you can get a bunch of them, give them away you know, to relatives and family members. And we also have uh, financial flashcards for kids on the website as well, drboycebooks.com. Last but not least, if you'd like to get text alerts uh, for when uh, we when I find stocks that I like, things like that, um, every now and then I'll send out profit alerts. Just text the word stock to 31996, text stock to 31996, and I'll send you guys a profit alert at least once a week. So God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. Have a wonderful day. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.